Well, so, uh, let's see. I don't know how to start this episode, uh, but, you know, a lot of people don't know how to start the podcast. You know, they dive in, uh, but then they're just like... Right now, I am completely disoriented. You know, and, and we talk about things, and they're just like... I have no idea what that's about. So, <laughs> the, the idea here is to try and um, provide a sort of starter pack or glossary for a lot right. of the oh. things the things that we refer to semi-regularly. You know, a lot of the stuff that we talk about on an episode-to-episode basis is nonsense, and you can disregard it. But some of it is important, and we'd like <laughs> you to remember it. Yeah, we've had, we have some, some established bits, some established uh, thought technologies, uh, ARGs, and what have you. So a lot of people the idea ask here us, is, like, this where did for... this... What? Yeah. I said the idea here is this is for people who are new to the show that they can sort of, you know, catch up quickly, as it were. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to get started. What? I say the thing oh. is, now that we are, are doing this episode, we're going to have to do follow on episodes later after we, you Excuse know, me? continue to put <laughs> out more and more episodes. This will become more and more out of date or incomplete. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't even think about that. This is Whoa. why we need a wiki. Smithsonian <laughs> <laughs> Institute or something like this. Speaking of that, we're going to start with, with talking about some recurring characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look in the show notes, we have links to where these things first popped up um, and notes about them. So you can always refer to that. Mm-hmm. The first one is the soundboards. My wife. So there's a lot of confusion about our our soundboard because mm-hmm. we have several. Yeah. And we each have our own set of yes. soundboards. And there are many overlapping sounds, but not all of them are overlapping. And that is deliberately designed to confuse. Yeah, so, so you might not know who's doing what sound at any given time, but I I'd like to think that True heads, you know? Well, no. They'll know we that don't like really want They'll know that there's there's some that, that only I have and some that only you have, like Yeah, you know, there's some that I avoid getting even though I want them just because I feel like they're your bits. Same, you know? Yeah. Like same. Uh, here's the thing. I always have the Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Yeah, whereas I only have... Yes! Yes! <laughs> I hope that clears up about... any confusion. Saturday <laughs> is treat day. <laughs> cool. Cool, cool, cool. W, double W. Anyway. It's easy to remember. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> so, that's the soundboards. Um... If you ever have any sounds you want to submit to us, I guess, uh, you can, but just know that we may or may not use them. We have, Don't... we have, we're like full up already. So yeah, we're, yeah. we're sort of selective about what I mean, we choose. I literally, we literally have one, two, three, uh, and I have two extras that I have not, um, quite debuted yet. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> so, it's very cutthroat over here. I'm constantly um, removing 
you know, underperforming sounds. The amount of time we spent. I don't know about you, but I was, I was, I was here an hour before we were supposed to start. We we possibly put more effort into the soundboard than any other aspect of the podcast. (laughs) What? And I think I think it shows. I am never going to financially recover from this. Our second, please, please move us our, on. Our second recurring character is a gentleman called Butt Stevens. We got him. Yeah. Um, Some may know in, him as uh, his, his legal, his, his government name of Brett Stevens, but we know him as uh, Butt Stevens or Chet Beefums. Uh, yeah. Any variety of names. Uh, notorious New York Times op-ed columnist known for his rather astonishingly bad columns, which we have picked apart in the past. Um, there haven't been any that have risen to our attention lately, which is probably a good thing, although who knows what he's sneaking under the radar. Um, but yeah, I, right, I'm sure well, he'll make looking. an appearance pretty soon, you know, eventually. I already am eating from the trash can all the time. It, it's just, you know, he'll pop back <laughs> up. That's that's sort of how he do. It's just, it's it's very true. Um the 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 second one is i know we might be spending too much time talking about this but it's Huel Hauser, okay it is. yes and we love him now my name's Huel. <laughs> we recently had a, a fairly in-depth discussion over a couple episodes about Huel Hauser, um but we went even, to the show notes to see we went to the when, show notes. when did we first mention Huel Hauser, and i think we were both surprised my yeah. name's Huel. it was it was episode eight yeah, episode back season there. one, episode eight, N- near yeah. the very beginning. Well, hello yeah. everybody. I'm Huel Hauser, and here I am eating my salad. <laughs> We're the only things in that here dog not upside ate down. Every speck of that avocado. <laughs> Speaking of dogs, mm. another recurring character is Big well, Dog. Avocado dog. Yes, Big Dog. Now Big. Big Dogs is a clothing brand, which I... I think it's fair to say wore. we can anoint it the official clothing brand of this podcast. Nice. It totally is. <laughs> now, it's funny because there's been a development that we didn't talk about. Um, uh, sorry, I'm just Googling here. Yeah. No, I remember since, this. Since we've talked about it, but they, they have... Um, when we talked about it, we're kind of like, this is like boomer stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they have come out with um, a pride shirt. Oh. A pup nice. pride t-shirt. How about and that? And I believe I also saw a uh, Black Lives Matter shirt. Wow. That's, that um, is not what I would have expected from, from the big dog sportswear company, uh, given their normal kind of fare. I'm but, not you know, finding I'm it, in, so maybe I'm I impressed. just hallucinated. It's possible that uh, it was it was an op. Yes, it's possible that it I was st- a joke. I mean, I still the pride shirt. It's got a, a lovely rainbow, mm. and then a bunch of the big dogs. Yeah, one thing's for sure: their aesthetic is uh, frequently imitated. So who knows if it's real or not? To be honest, it, that's true. It could have been. Yeah, could have been a, a what's that called a, a culture jam. Right. Yes. Exactly. Ad busters kind of thing. Wow. They have one that's got a, a. It's another like pride one with it's like a circular rainbow and it's got two puppies with hearts and it says protect each other. 
Oh no, I'm on here. I'm on I'm on bigdogs.com slash collection slash big dash pride. And they have a uh they have a shirt here that says Barkback Mountain. <laughs> That's wow. Well I know. you know. Good for them. And they have they have another one that says trans power, and it's like a, a paw meant to be in the like raised fist with oh. the with the transgender symbol. No, this is for real. I'm pleasantly surprised. That's really cool. Unless this whole Man. website is an op, but you know, a- I am know. I gonna start wearing Big Dog again? I don't know. I- <laughs> Out and about I'm, with your Barkback Mountain shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that would really throw people off where I live. I'll tell you why. <laughs> Anyhow, big dogs clothing. It's cheesy. It's like a, it's all like they take like they'll do like a popular movie like you know that Brokeback Mountain and they'll do it with a Saint Bernard is like their symbol. So like it's it's like the kind of it's the kind of shirt that people who have subscriptions to Crack Magazine in mm-hmm. the nineties. Oh yeah. AKA me would wear. <laughs> so nice. yeah, that's, that's big dogs. What's our next recurring character? Uh, ah. I see that. Oh. Yes, we have, uh, the council at the Institute of the center for politics and society. So in episode 11 of season one, we founded a think tank. Um, Correct. Of which I don't remember. I have to look at the show notes here. Um, we both have executive roles. Oh, you're the CEO and I'm the president. And both of those roles have large salaries and no responsibilities, which is, uh, that's how think tanks work. Don't ask questions. It's easy to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and we've done several initiatives, all of which, um, did not succeed, but that's also a think tank thing. So um, we have a good slogan. I like it. Yeah. It's, uh, we disambiguate complexifiers for the good of humanity. That is, yes, that, that's very true. Gabagoo. That's what we do. <laughs> that is, that's what we do. Maybe we should change our uh, show description to that. <laughs> uh, we had so. a pack. We had a pack. It's called Backpack. Oh, yes, I remember uh, that. Yes, just trying to get yeah. back to normal. You know, we should yeah, revive that because for it's all. very, very important in the age of coronavirus that we just try and get back to normal as soon as possible. <laughs> Folks, donate to Backpack. Yeah. Um and then the last one, last but not least, is a little little fella known as Ben Shapiro. Now, Ben Shapiro mostly what you may know him from uh, if you listen to this show is his um romance advice like this. When it comes to the seduction of women, there is the a that's very a- very large difference between a woman and a man. <laughs> Those are air and only sound clips, to be clear. Just so <laughs> so my answer is something called science. <laughs> the only Ben Shapiro sound clips that I have used were when we exposed him for being Keith Olbermann uh, sped up. And you can follow right. that saga. If you click on the link in the show notes to Ben Shapiro, there's that episode, and then I believe the one following it, or preceding it, I don't remember. Um, yeah, following it, I think. In in which we we investigate whether they are in fact the same person by doing some speed manipulation of sound clips. I think that's some of our best work. Our best investigative work um, <laughs> that we've done, I think so. It's uh, long form embedded investigation, which is really what people come to this show for, <laughs> right? <laughs> 
I don't know why I did the chime because I felt, but like this is a separate topic, right? Right. Yeah. Do it. No. That sec- makes sense. Section the second. Second sec- section two. Thought technologies and args. So we have. When we say it, args in an accent. It's hard for people to know what you're talking about. Right. Uh, we have a lot of thought technologies that we've we've identified. I won't say that we've come up with because some of them, right. you know, listen, everything's a remix, right? So, but these right. are some that we've identified, perhaps given a, a clever name to so that you can remember them. Uh, one of the earliest ones is For Who. I believe this was your work, Aaron. Yes. The For yeah. Who. Uh, I remember kind of having this eureka moment about this one. And And For Who is basically to break yourself out of tactical framing. So basically, any assertions that are made, like this will be too drastic or it'll be too expensive, and you just ask for who or to whom or you know something like that. You you ask, okay, well, who are they actually talking about? Because often it's different from who they want you to think they're talking about. Right, like when they say this is we can't we can't do X because it's too expensive. Right. Too it's expensive a, for who? Right. Yeah. <laughs> usually not the people that would benefit and help, and usually not. The people we want to help in society but mm-hmm. you know um, and so i've applied that um pretty strongly to to lots of lots of news like. and things like that over the past year or more yeah so yeah it, very useful i've been using it a lot it's very it's very useful it's very simple um but we adjure you to use it uh try it out see how see how it works for you who is this principle useful for for you <laughs> for, for you <laughs> The the next thought technology from episode seven of that first season is another one of mine is that um, posting is unpaid labor. Mm. Um, so to the extent I, I that keep you wondering like, when I'm going to get my Soros check. <laughs> I know, like I've been doing a lot of posting Do you on Instagram. That? Yeah. <laughs> this kind of sprung out of our frustration with Facebook mm. um, because we were both on Facebook and I at the time was doing a lot of uh uh you were trying what, to do what, a lot of education a lot of, a lot of you know really it's just organizing <laughs> right yeah uh yeah i was a facebook organizer <laughs> um <laughs> yeah simon organizer on facebook <laughs> uh and and like i was trying i would have arguments i would post things to get people talking and i and i tried to like use facebook as a platform to engage in actually enriching um discussions and to try to persuade people mm-hmm. but i realized as time went on uh facebook's algorithm and just the the culture of facebook in general had become to where it's just like a depot for recycled and rehashed stuff from other places to be shared thoughtlessly. Yeah, like it, right. nobody, everyone's just hitting retweet. Right. They're hitting yeah. reshare, reshare, reshare. Nobody's right. actually like making anything. Like and, and I realized, comment below if you agree. <laughs> yeah. And I realized that like, oh, that's because there's no benefit to making anything. Right. Because there's the no, threshold is yeah. so incredibly high for anybody to even see it. Right. The platform does not incentivize you to actually read things. It just incentivizes activity. But if you do create something that goes viral, then they're essentially profiting off of your labor. Right. And you don't yeah. get anything in return. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and once I realized that, I was like, oh, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, yeah, we we both we both slammed the door on Facebook in I think season one. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So you know, get, maybe think about that on other platforms too. Like, what am I getting out of this? Is this going anywhere? Am I essentially just doing a bunch of unpaid unpaid labor? And if you are, then stop it. Because yeah, like, why did I make the not, choices in my life that have led me to this point? You know, yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> um. Oh, I like this next thought technology. This is a good one. Mm-hmm. This is season one, episode eleven. Maybe they're just poor. So this is yeah. when you when you see a, a a a you know a meme or something like that that's based on mocking a person for, um you know some sort of weird behavior like uh, you know some sort of um I don't know asocial like you know doesn't meet social standards kind of thing. Ask them is it about them being a bad person or could it simply be the result of them being in a very bad spot and not having money to you know keep up appearances or something like that. Yeah, you see that a lot on like memes and viral content. It's like oh, we love to pour shame. It's an American pastime. (laughs) Yeah, or like Florida man, right? That's what Florida man is. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) Usually, it's just a poor person or a person dealing with struggling with like mental illness, Mm -hmm. um, who is not able to access the help that they need. (laughs) Right. And you step back and think, this is more, this is not exactly an indictment of this individual. It's an indictment of our society. <laughs> right. Which yeah. is kind of a bummer thing to bring up um, sort to of other the, people, but. Right. And sort of the relation to this, too, is the stories. You know, you see those stories all the time that are like, amazing. You know, um, this police officer bought a month of groceries for this poor family or whatever. And you're like, is it amazing or is it actually sad? <laughs> You it's know. actually really sad that that had to happen for somebody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's um, that's that one. The next one. So a lot of these are yours because you're you're the big thinker in the show. I'm I think. The, <laughs> big thinker. Capitalized. Boy. Big thinker. TM. <laughs> um. This one is decontemptifying. So like, uh, this one I was struck because um, there's people that I often they come to me and they vent about their their friends people in their peer group people at work who are doing better than them mm-hmm. um you know who are more wealthy more popular more successful things like that um which i totally get like you know i understand that but one time i just had this sort of realization that like maybe the way to think about this stuff is not like well, the, these, you know, these rich, spoiled people and they have it easier. This person has it easy. Maybe the way to think is like, is that actually just like a decent and good thing for them to have experienced or to have? Like, is that life mm-hmm. actually good? And because I've internalized a rationalization of late capitalism, I'm like telling myself it was like basically vitamins for character that it was good for me that I didn't have it. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 so to like really just step back and thinking like no just because just because we shouldn't think of ourselves as in competition necessarily i should mm. think that like that is good and everyone should have it right yeah instead of being mad at them for having it mm-hmm. you know i right. should be mad at society for making it so that only uh certain lucky people could have that right and that that's helped out a lot. And, you know, I have to say it's still sometimes you get jealous, you know, mm-hmm. that's a human tendency. But um, I don't know. Absolutely. This one's really helped me. Yeah. 
The next one is uh, from season uh, two, episode yeah. two. Efficiency versus efficacy. This is one of yours, too. When you double efficiency, you have efficacy. Yeah. So uh, efficiency masks other failings because it gets adopted as the supreme metric. Once you pull back the curtain, you see that making efficiency your god usually distracts you from the more mundane but crucial areas of focus. I would call this the sort of Vox mindset. Because boy, do they love data and, uh, <laughs> you know, efficiency and things like that. Yeah. And it was initially a, a Vox podcast that I remember brought this up to me because, you know, uh, Ezra Klein was, I think, was just going off about something. And, and it was like, you know, um, maybe all of the work you're putting into, like, trying to make everything efficient is definitely work you could be putting into, like, just making sure things get done. And <laughs> I don't know. You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, the example that I came up with is an infrastructure. So, like, algorithmic systems that predict the most efficient areas for road improvements, which is actually, like, a thing that the Obama administration imposed in order to get federal grant money. Um, yeah. So well, towns and, and cities and municipalities have to use this, this algorithmic system to determine where they should do their road repairs. But then like all of that requires more work than just maintaining everything. You know what I mean? Like right. if you just decide, well, we're just, we're not going to like let things crumble in order to be more efficient. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the next thought technology here is uh, a really good one. This is one that, that, that Andrew came up with that I really like. You've seen it or you've been shown it. Right. And this is to remember that the media, whether consciously or unconsciously, is providing you a biased narrative. So they show you the things that drive engagement or attention, which typically involves the most extreme examples. We'll get, that, get to that in a moment, a general concept there. But the idea is, um, mm -hmm. you know, you're shown a lot of extreme things and then you say, well, you know, I've, I've seen stuff, you know, um, I think this was in the case of, you know, people complaining about Bernie bros or something like that. And, you know, cause the, um, media surfacing up like the worst tweets or whatever, things like that. And it's like, well, you've, have you actually seen that behavior or have you simply been shown that behavior? Because they're making decisions about what they show and don't show. And that's what you right. have to media keep in mind. Media is curated, right? Yeah. You know, it's a narrative that's crafted. And they'll show you the thing that gets you the most eyeballs and the most clicks. And usually that's like the most egregious example of whatever they're, you know, talking about at any yeah. given time. And then there's a George Orwell quote that I think about a lot. <laughs> you can read it on your own time. <laughs> uh, the next one. We don't one. even want to do it here. Yeah. The, the, now, now we've got an ARG. We have an ARG. Yes, this is your ARG from season three, episode eight, about small business owners, which is the, uh, yeah, the argument. Yeah, people are always like, people, people are always like, what about small business owners? And then I realized like, well, what about small business workers? Like no one talks about that. Yeah. Oh, this law would impact small business workers. Like nobody, the, the workers don't factor in at all when it comes mm -hmm. to small business, which seems real convenient. Right. I, I own a small business. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, next one. <clears throat> Thought technology, Disney brain from season three, episode nine. 
uh, which is just that Disney completely short circuits otherwise normal brains somehow. Uh, I think this was your observation that Disney tends to get a pass when other media yeah. companies don't because there's, you know, the Disney magic or something like that. And so they've been able to get away with more things than, hey, you know, we, we turn a blind eye to them because they have Mickey Mouse and whatever. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, I don't, this one like does not make me any friends because everyone likes Disney, but like, <laughs> If you really will be real with yourself and sit back and be like, is Disney short circuiting my reason, my reasoning that I would apply to like any other thing? Um, you, you would, if you're honest, you would see that it has for a lot of you. And I love <laughs> you, but it's just true. Um, this other one was a thought technology that really saved my life recently. And I, <laughs> we, we both took advantage of it recently too. Uh, we, um, uh... But it's like you can just unfollow. Yeah. You don't have to you don't have to to, you know, subject yourself to someone or something. You you can just unfollow and be done. You don't you don't owe anybody a follow. Yeah. I would go so far as to say you don't even owe your mom or your dad or your siblings a follow. Like mm -hmm. now like I'm not saying unfollow them in real life unless you know <laughs> Mom, of course you should you. you know there's abusive situations that would require something like that we're talking about like on social media um because mm. we often like think about oh well if i unfollow that's mean or or like i'll miss out or it's just like it's so much simpler like if you are sick of seeing somebody it it, it, it triggers you every time it just makes you mad or they're just not good or they're clogging up your feed you know what you can you can just unfollow yeah and it's, it's nothing it's personal. It, it always yeah. helps. It, you never, I, I guarantee you will not feel like you're missing anything. No, you'll yeah. forget about it. Like, yeah, you'll totally forget. Out, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Um, this, this one is an, is an arg about revolutionary disruption. So like there's so much opposition to radical or revolutionary um, societal national changes mm -hmm. because people are like, well, it will disrupt our everyday life. Like nobody wants, you know, there's like this sort of like, uh, idea, this common accepted, everyone believes this, like nobody wants a revolution. You know what I mean? Right. Nobody wants disruptions, but like if your everyday life is already being disrupted, why not make radical changes? Like that's the thing no one talks about is Oh, well, we can't do radical change. You know, the, the big thing about Medicare for all is an instance like we don't want a radical change. Right. Well, now we have coronavirus and we have this huge pandemic. And it's like, well, OK, it's already we completely didn't do the radical with... change, but we already have the disruption. So we're right. All of the disruption with none of the benefit. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's like, yeah, you may want to remain, you know, comfortable and predictable, but that's not how the universe is. So. Yeah, you know, you, you have might no as well, guarantee of that. Yeah, you might as well do what do what you can to prepare as best you can, rather than just being like, no, that's that's too hard. Yeah. Um. um next one is uh, from season three, episode eleven. Better does not equal good, and this is just because something is not as bad as something else doesn't make it actually good or acceptable. Um, get a lot of things thrust on you, and you say, well, listen. <laughs> Candidate A is better than candidate B. That doesn't mean that candidate A is, is good. 
Yeah. You know? <laughs> that should be the starting point, right? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. They should meet your threshold. If they don't, then arguing about how close to your threshold they get is kind of a wasted t- uh, opportunity. Like, it's not... Why? 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 Right. You know what I mean? I mean, if you, if you don't like mustard and I say, look, Grey Poupon is better than French's yellow mustard, you'd be like, <laughs> well, great. I still don't like mustard. <laughs> they're not... They're both... That's not good to me, you know? Like, that's <laughs> yeah. just how it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's another, um, not another way that, uh, you know, they try to manipulate you. And that's what it is. It's just a way to like notice when people are trying to manipulate you to not to not consider what you actually yeah, believe. Don't, don't to think too critically, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now you just added added these two. Uh, yeah, in, these in are things right that I think we've talked about, but I don't know if we have like show notes references to them. But I'm sure they've come up at some point. Um, yeah. The first is it's not that hard, which of course we've just talked about in relation to revolutionary disruption. Um, but the thought is, you know, uh, a lot of things that people claim are difficult are really not actually that difficult. Or you right. know, there's just a lot of things that people won't do because they requires they require effort, and they simply do not want to put in effort. But a lot of those things are just not that hard. It can't be done. You're crazy. <laughs> and then the second is whatever they accuse you of doing is what they're doing. It's particularly useful <laughs> in relation to <sighs> uh, recent news about um, Republicans doing uh, absentee voter fraud, which is, of course, what they are <laughs> complaining that Democrats will do. <laughs> Literally so has been borne out that what they accuse you of doing is what they're doing. And so you just have to remember that, that when they say... When they say, oh, you're going to do this X, Y, Z thing, that just means that that's what they're doing. And the reason that they think that we're going to do that is because they already are doing it and they can't imagine that we wouldn't do it. Yeah, that's their only frame of reference. It's it's so insane how accurate this is, how many times this turns out to be the fact, and yet how many times I forget to consider this. I know, yeah. How (laughs) everyone forgets to consider it. But it always turns out to be true. And I think it's because like, we never really reckon with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that's definitely something to to think of. Maybe we need to put that as a, a note for things to, to yeah, say. We can dig into know, that more, yeah. Yeah, to remember, <laughs> and inshallah we will. Right. <laughs> this okay. section is terms. Yeah, we have a lot of a lot of terminology that we've used. Um, we started off, I think, you know, if, if someone asked me what, what the podcast is about, of course the podcast is about a lot of things, but one of the big things that the podcast is about is workism. Yeah. And and so what is workism? Well, it's, it's the religion of America. Um, basically, uh, you know, just this sort of adopting this identity, um, based on work and the work that you do have your personality being based around your job, your position. Um, and basically, you know, thinking and only about work and not really about worth anything else. Be, you're worth being tied to your employment and to right. your work. Exactly. And of course, this is problematic for many reasons, which we have discussed, continue to discuss. Um, mostly that you are a person and that your worth should not be tied to what an employer thinks about you, because that doesn't really matter that much uh, in the grand scheme of things, whether you're a good person or not. So yeah, um, yeah, that's some things that we've explored in detail and I'm sure we will continue to explore because I think both (laughs) you and I uh, really don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're both on the same page about that and it's both, it's something we feel passionate about. Yeah. Um, 
the the next term is uh, uh, something we throw around a lot. We we will talk to people, talk about people being strivers. Mm-hmm. Strivers. Now, strivers. A striver is someone who fully buys into the capitalist American dream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is someone fully embracing workism. Exactly. They are they are partaking of the mass of workism twice a day. Right. Exactly. Every day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> They're out there, uh, you know, getting loans, buying houses, purchasing automobiles, things like that. Um, they're, but the, they're grinding. They're grinding. They exactly. Yes. But of course, the thing with that is that um, you're always going somewhere. There's never a destination because there's always something else to achieve because you're always comparing yourself to other people. And this is bad for them because they'll compare themselves to people who are richer than them and feel bad. And then they'll also compare themselves to people who are worse off than them. And feel good and make those people feel bad. Uh, so it's it's not great. You know, I don't know. I You and I have both known plenty of strivers and they're rather tedious people. Um, yeah. If you try to talk to them about anything other than like banal stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, whenever they're, the discussion gets into like 401ks or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> not about it. Not about it no. at all. And we're losers to them. And you know what? That's fine with me. I'm, you know, I'm cool with that. <laughs> I'm cool with it. Um, this one is like, <laughs> I, I forgot about. I, I did too, shamefully. The tale of season one, but it's pretty good. You came up with this yeah. word, nequel. Yeah, we observed that, you know, there is, there is neither and there is nor. And we said, why isn't there, a, a, you know, a, a, a similar word for equal, which would be nequel. And that's, you yeah. know. Uh, you know, just to say that things are things are equal to each other. You know? <laughs> yeah, very simple. I, I, I don't know why we haven't come up with this already. Yeah, you need to get that into the common lexicon. Yeah, yeah. Um, dummy chum, dummy uh, chum, dummy chum. So, anybody knows what? A lot of people don't know what chum is. It is pieces of fish, like ground up and usually there's like blood and guts and crap in it mm-hmm. that you if you're fishing for like big fish you know or sharks or something you know like uh you would dump chum out of the boat into the water so that the fish smell it and they start to come and they feed right and then you know you can get them with your lure right um so it's just uh, just like a bunch of a bunch of fish just sort of swarm on the chum yeah to gobble down on it and so dummy chum are events, propaganda, memes, or messages that activate the stupidest ranks within any given group or movement or fan base. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's stuff that is used. It's the Facebook populist- fair, to be honest. Like it's everything that's posted <laughs> to Facebook, you know, especially lately, whether it be things about masks or, you know, I don't know, you know, all kinds of stuff like that that just gets people to go like <gasps> and click the share button, you know. Well, and it happens on the left too. It um, does. That, yeah, really so we should be clear asinine, about that. <laughs> asinine arguments about like uh, I, I mean, trying to think of one off the top of my head is hard, but um, you know, someone someone will make some argument about how uh, something is racist that isn't racist, but like, oh, you didn't think about how it's not as intersectional as it should be, or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Marxism is racist. Okay. <laughs> right yeah it's usually and, you know, it's usually in the in the form of a bold and unsupported uh assertion it, it, at least yeah. when it's on the left you know 
and then someone I mean, will be let, let's yeah. think of like a banal version of it like one of the most basic versions is someone will toss something out there like a hot dog is a sandwich right yeah and that like gets basically dummy chum is anything you can throw on the prove me wrong sign you right. know exactly <laughs> <laughs> And it just gets people fighting and arguing and obsessing about something usually that has no consequence. No bearing. Um, yeah. And it and it really does draw out all of the really dumb people. Mm-hmm. And you know because what? Because they're we the ones not smart enough it. to realize, oh, you know what? This is stupid. Yeah. But you know what? F- you know, fair. I-, I will admit I it get works. caught up in it sometimes still. Yeah. yeah. It does work. Because, I mean, um, we're still pretty dumb. I got to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, gotta be real with you. Yeah. Um. Last term here is nut picking, mm. which is a term that's used. Um. It's like using a wacky outlier position as if it represents the whole group, which, like, it's a weak man fallacy, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So, like, an example is sharing a post of a fringe Black Lives Matter activist who states that it's racist to speak to white people. And holding it up as like representative of the views of the entire movement. Right. So you go into any movement, you find the wackiest person saying the dumbest stuff, and right. you pull that out and use that to disparage that movement. The the connection here is that, you know, uh like, you know, the media or important figures do nut picking and then you have to apply the you've been you've seen it or you've been shown it principle. Because they do the right. nut picking to show you the thing. And that's, yeah, so that's how you break out of that. You know, it's a tactical framing, basically. And sometimes it's easy to do when you're, like, in dunk mode, right? When you're yes. like, oh, look at this dumb person, let's dunk on him. Right. But you got to think about, like, well, who does this benefit? It, 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 does this really exemplify the group we're talking about? Mm-hmm. Or is this just, like, like, for instance, if you wanted to nutpick Antifa, mm. <laughs> You could go find our good friend. Oh, what's her name? Uh, oh, Deanna. What's her name? Uh, no, Char- is it Charlotte Clymer? Is that who I'm thinking of? Mm. Oh, I can't keep track Maybe? of all these people. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> you know, you know the, the crazy person that says, like, everybody's, uh, everybody's like, a anti-Semitic. Oh, uh, Amy Therese. Yeah. Who's, like, you know, Chapo's actually anti-Semitic, uh, Oh, uh, so we're, there's so that? many characters. That's that's uh, Gwen Snyder. Gwen Snyder. That's who I'm thinking. Yes, she was and, the and she was the um, Chapo to fascist pipeline. Person. Right. So they and they go out of their way to make all these arguments about all these people, and and their argument is that like I'm doing this for anti-fascist purposes. I'm an anti-fascist fighter. Mm-hmm. Most if, anti-fascist people are not like that. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Most anti-fascist people are not seeking attention in the same way, I would say. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's uh, that was a convoluted example because my brain is broken. But. Well, and we know too many dumb people on Twitter, unfortunately. <laughs> There's just no end to them, is there? No. Uh, you know, as soon as one leaves, another one pops up. I think there's sort of an Ye- equilibrium there. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Now we're going to get into some concepts, which is how we've classified these things. Yeah. Um, really, these classifications are kind of stupid, um, <laughs> but, you know, we try to organize them. So uh, these are concepts 
the first one is uh, from season one, episode one. We, we also talked about it more in episode nine. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's uh, it's Houston's second law. Yeah, always double the garlic. And whenever an am- whenever amount of garlic a recipe calls for, double it because garlic is good. <laughs> it's very simple, um, and it's never failed me. No, I yeah, I've yet to run into a situation where this has been a mistake. Well, now speaking of a mistake, oh boy, hang, <laughs> we got the uh, wow the sweat pledge. Uh, Excuse me. So, you know, we talked about workism, and the sweat pledge is basically the, like, Nicene Creed of workism, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, it's so, so Mike Rowe, who is the dirty jobs guy, or used to be the dirty jobs guy, has fully transformed into, like, a, um, like a, a, a right-wing worker guy who talks about, you know, doing hard work and going out there and getting your hands dirty and, you yeah. know, taking responsibility. And it's all a sort of anti-union grift, um, which mm-hmm. is literally a grift because he's paid by the the Koch uh, Foundation and all that stuff. Um, and, of course, he himself is is not a uh, not a working man at all um, either, at least yes. not in the not in the way that everyone else is. But he's he gotten, has like a graduate degree. <laughs> yeah. He got his start working at like QVC as a like uh one of those people who hucks goods on your TV. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so, so he has a whole thing called micro works and there's like a scholarship and all that. But then there's this pledge that you can take called the sweat pledge. And I think the thing that I dislike most about it is that it's an acronym and it's extremely contrived. Like they clearly came up with what it stood for after they decided to use sweat. As a name, because it's right. skills and work ethic aren't taboo, which is not a thing that anyone would say. That's not a normal sentence. Nobody's like, oh, can you believe his work ethic? Right. He's always showing his skills. And so I won't go through, because you can go back and listen to the episode where we go through um, bullet by bullet through the sweat pledge. But it's basically a bunch of stuff about like personal responsibility um, you know, and like not blaming the boss sort of things like that, taking responsibility. And basically it's like all of my problems are my fault and couldn't possibly be influenced by any sort of larger factors it's just in like any way. Permanently adhering your tongue to the boot. Right. Yeah. It's like I have not only licked the boot, I have fully consumed the entire boot. And we don't like it. No, not no. not fans. No. Um <clears throat> The this the next thing is from uh, episode eleven, where we introduce the consumerist mindset, which is a capitalism brainworm. That's the subtitle. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Now, this consumerist mindset about, is something we talk about a lot um, <laughs> in relation to like, um, oh, it was the whole straw debate whether we should get rid of straws or and use yeah. like and use like you know reusable straws, and of course yeah. the whole thing is that that was basically a distraction, and I think we have like actual evidence for that now it's been like a year since that whole thing um but you observed well i'll let you take it from here but you observed that we should be more cynical about movements based on individual actions right because um they take the spotlight off the powerful interests and 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 who and and, uh and larger systems of of power and and yeah right the things that you need to target and ultimately defeat in order to solve the problem. Right. Uh, it puts the onus on average people who are like already stressed from 
the situation that these powerful people have created. Mm -hmm. So like if capital can blame and make examples out of individuals, like why do environmentalists take planes then hypocrites much then, then they can get people tied up in fruitless debates. And, and while we're all distracted fighting amongst each other, they continue to rake in the dough and make the situation worse. Yeah. And I recall that we we went through an example of this uh, in a later episode. I don't remember which one, but it was from the the keep it in the ground movement, which, of right. course, wants us to stop, you know, um, mining for oil and coal and things like that. And a sort of response site that was made by the Petroleum Products Institute, uh, where mm-hmm. they basically did a bunch of this like, oh, uh, the keep it in the ground people use computers, which are built with oil. Hypocrites much? And it was all that stuff and unpacking all of that. And the uh, very bad arguments that are made in support of like, um, you know, individual actions rather than doing anything sort of at the macro level where the effects actually make a difference. And, and the you know, gist of it is that we've been trained and we've been enculturated to think of ourselves and everything we do from the perspective of a consumer. Right. Individualism but, is is the very the most American sort of mindset. But that was purposefully done mm-hmm. <laughs> in order to control us because if you can only think of any action as an individual and that you use your consumption to make changes then you've basically handed over the reins of power. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you've, you've, you've just like completely given up all of the actually powerful tools that we have uh, of collective action. Right. Um, and like and in, so, the, and, in the strong And you could be tricked into consuming as a means to solve pro- something like in, in the plastic straws thing. But what you, what what you, is already happening to you is that capital is just moving your consumption from one good to another which they can also sell to you so it's not changing anything for them you're you're just being manipulated <laughs> and we saw this we saw you know um what happens while you stop getting the free plastic straw instead you go and buy a $20 metal straw what problem have you solved you haven't really solved a problem. What you have done is given someone $20 for a straw. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, they got you to buy an additional thing. So congrats. So it's just that. shifting our consumption around rather than actually changing. Things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now there's, there's a caveat here that, that we brought up that we don't, don't use this as an excuse to make bad choices, not just to be like, Oh, nothing matters then. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's that's like, not the takeaway. It's true that you, you know, electing not to get the straw at Starbucks doesn't make that much of a difference, but that doesn't mean that that's a bad choice either. You just have right. to be aware of that and you have to right. work and towards not, other things. You can't just stop at getting the, not getting the straw. <laughs> right. Right. Um, now the next is a concept that I created, um, that I've actually been taking Ex- advantage of extremely this week. political. This one, no, yeah, uh, this, this one is, is like- really divisive. <laughs> so, uh, and it's that you know, put noodles in your salad, mm-hmm. do it, it's yeah. awesome, it bulks up your salad. Um, I like a beefy it, it, salad, but not literally beefy. <laughs> it's 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 pretty good. So, like, I'll do like a Thai salad and I'll, I'll cook like glass noodles and then I will, um, put some like oil and vinegar, like rice wine vinegar on them, like to kind of dress them. And then I'll put them 
in a Ziploc bag in the fridge. Um, and they'll just stay in there and be cold. And then I can throw them into like a Thai salad with, you know, like, uh, crushed peanuts and lettuce and those noodles and some whatever protein and some basil and, and you know, something like that. Um, mm. and it's really good. Uh, I, I highly recommend it. So the next one is, um, neoliberal policy worship. And this is your, your posit policies are great, but without power, they're meaningless. And this is once again, a sort of, um, a Vox mindset sort of thing. Um, political movements, which prioritize policy at the expense of, or without commensurate focus on obtaining the ne necessary power to enact an agenda will always fail. And so you see a lot of articles on things like Vox about, you know, uh, good policy ideas, but they don't really have any, any thoughts about ways to actually get the power to make those policies happen. And, and, and even a distaste or fear of power. Right. Yeah. Because you'd rather just be the ideas guy as it were. <laughs> right because once you have power then you have responsibility right yeah <laughs> and 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 i don't even i don't think it's necessarily purposeful i think it's just uh, it's scary mm -hmm. and neoliberalism is extremely afraid of populism it's afraid of the people which is hilarious because the whole website is vox you know right like, yeah <laughs> So they don't want the Fox Populi. They don't, they don't want that. That's scary. That's, that's not, um, that's not intellectual, right? That's not specialized. It's not credentialized. Uh, so it must be bad and it could be, and it could do, do really bad things. But like, you could also have a bunch of great ideas that never happen. And so you do nothing. Which is kind of what neoliberalism amounts to, you know, mm -hmm. uh, well, at least on the liberal side of things. Um, so, yeah, you got to think about the power and you got to think about how you get the power um, and how you use it. That's got to be the starting place. Uh, and without it, you can come up with a million white papers all you want. <laughs> right. Um, the next one here is. Hard work or hard worker, which is something we've talked about, uh, because we are both hard workers. Yeah, which is we're we're very hard workers. It's extremely important for you to know that. Yeah. Um, um. But of course, the point is that hard work and hard worker don't really mean anything. No, it, it, it's just a sort of token phrase that's that's used for political purposes, like we mentioned with micro and things like that. But. Uh, we refer specifically to a current affairs article entitled I Have No Idea What Hard Work Means that, that um, discusses this concept more. You know, it's like, what even is hard work? And of course, it's all sort of subjective. And so very easy to claim, you know, people that you like are hard workers and people that you don't like are not hard workers and then derive virtues from that. And ever since bringing that up, I've become very aware when people use the term. Yeah, and I've been aware when I feel the urge to use the term to explain someone and I'll, I'll step back and I'll be like, you know what? Let me find a different way to describe them that that isn't this that's more precise. Oh, they're, they're a hard it, worker. Well, it's like the same thing where, you know, the really like basic sort of uh, 
thing about, you know, complimenting people instead of like complimenting them like you're good mm-hmm. or you're pretty or you're whatever, you compliment like what they did. Right. Yeah. You compliment a specific thing like I like I like that sweater that you picked. I appreciate the way that you explained that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, things like that are are not just more specific, but they're more valuable. Um, right. A- and it makes a better world. So, yeah. Stop using hard worker, you know, or just use it a lot, ironically, right, to yeah. where no one wants to use it anymore, which is kind of the, the tack that we've taken around here like if as hard workers. If you've sat around all day not doing anything, you're a hard worker. You know yeah. what? That's just that's just how it is. I've done a lot of Once hard work says, today. Working hard or hardly working. Uh-huh. You go, I always work hard yeah, all I'm, the time. I never not working hard. <laughs> I want to be very uh, clear about this. <laughs> <laughs> this concept is from season two, episode nine. Uh, why Democrats lose. Um, Aaron, Aaron, why do Democrats lose? Well, because they always aim to defeat opponents on a technicality. Uh, mods, mods. <laughs> they mods? always want the mods. Yeah. They always. I'm sorry, want you an broke a rule, arbiter. and you're disqualified now. And th- you've seen this with Trump. They always want some outside force to dismiss him instead of leveraging power to displace him. Oh yeah. And, and the- ha- harm to ongoing matter. <laughs> the reason for this is because Democrats understand that their only efficacious power is derived from populism, but in order to embrace and use populist energy, they must also confront the divide between working and upper classes. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to build solidarity because they realize that would mean abandoning their their uh, bankers. <laughs> they're right. beautiful bankers. The right has beautiful voters. The left has beautiful bankers. Yep. Uh, party yeah. leadership uh, understands like that they have more in common with like Butt Stevens or Brett Kavanaugh than AOC. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's the thing is you know they pretend to be the party of the people, but they 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 cannot be by the nature of the 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 way the party is made up. So right, and it never will be. So you have to understand that like mm-hmm. it's it's always going to be an antagonistic relationship between the will of the people. And the Democratic Party. Right. Um, once you realize that, um, everything starts to really make a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why they continually lose yeah. when they shouldn't. When they're, when, they're, when they're given just major softballs. Yep. Speaking of things not making sense, um, this one from the final episode of season two, episode 14. You're not crazy and it's not your fault. Uh, mm. Which is just, you know. Um, I like it. I think both you and I have had times where we looked at, have looked at the situation of the world or the country, and it's hard not to think, am I crazy that I, you know, think that this shouldn't be this way? And, and of course, the thing is, you're, you're not crazy. Uh, and yeah. it's important to acknowledge that um, is sort of the empowerment of you're not crazy and it's not your fault. Um, things, things which like to be withheld from us sort of validation that is withheld from us by those in in power because they do want us to think that we are crazy and it is our fault because that keeps us disorganized uh so this is yeah. uh, we referred to uh a podcast is, was this the bernie campaign podcast i forget i think so yeah it was it was had michael moore and megan day on there i think it was pretty good um, yeah uh, companies episode. and politicians have serious incentives to convince you that you're to blame for your own situation so that they have a free hand to plunder. And that's that. Yeah. And uh, to me, 
it's been really empowering to to internalize this idea that mm-hmm. that I don't have to blame myself. I do not have to obsess over my own responsibility and shortcomings. Right. Um that I'm not crazy that the the my intuition that because the, what is the the Cornell West line that I love where he says people have become uh maladjusted or adjusted to a maladjusted society like mm, mm-hmm. like right. you should not become adjusted to this because it is wrong it is messed up yeah it's like and whenever we have a mass shooting that. and we all all of us americans respond like oh another mass shooting and everyone from every country is like oh my gosh how are you people responding like this and it's like you know we've just become adjusted to it now and so you know thinking for example that that is unacceptable it's not crazy and it's not your fault yeah things like that. um yeah that's a pretty pretty powerful thing mm-hmm. um uh, speaking of another pretty powerful concept, <laughs> j- just build train. Just build train. Uh, from season three, episode two, uh, we have talked more about transit li- late lately because I've become, I guess, train pilled. I don't know exactly when that <laughs> happened, but um, yeah, one of this this was in relation to um, a lot of uh, I would say outlandish solutions being proposed. Um, things like the hyperloop or. Um, Elon Musk's like silly like uh tr- tunnel for Bruh. cars thing <laughs> yeah um that are being proposed as like the future of mass transit uh when we could just build some trains uh which are you know a proven technology that doesn't need R&D to develop you know like we have we have things that we can do and we just are too excited by the shiny new thing but it's much easier to just build trains yeah, just do it. Just literally just do it. Just like build it's train. Not, it's, just build train. Yeah. It's not just just come on. Get mm-hmm. to work. Um <laughs> get those shovels in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> glitchified. Everybody mm. loves glitchified. Uh it's what it is is it's basically what we're talking about that that response you have to things being so out of whack. Mm-hmm. Um and, and at some point the things you observe become so insane that your body and your brain has like a natural immune response. Yeah. And it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You just glitchify. Right. It just cannot compute and you begin like the, the stuff just does not sit in your brain. It's just like, Oh, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's you like, you know, even... these days, whenever I see bad news, like when I see like yesterday, I saw the news that, you know, we've hit like one day record for coronavirus cases in a lot of states. Um, I, I can react no other way other than cool. Because cool. it's just like so bad and I can do nothing about it. And so I have become glitchified in that regard. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's like I I. I it's difficult to worry about it when it's just such a bad problem that you have absolutely no power to influence. In, right, in because like a, cause the, the unhealthy thing to do is to obsess over it. Right. To become more stressed out um, and to have all these bad effects on yourself when, like, you know, 
<laughs> at some point it's insane and there's nothing you can really be doing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't fixate on it. You just, you get glitchified. And that, this is kind of in relation to things like going sicko mode or the, 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 this is a play on the jokerification, right? which is like, this is, this is when you've gone too far. This is terminal glitchification is jokerification, right. which is like becoming like the joker where you're like, all right, well, you know, I'm just a complete nihilist who's going to go and do violence. Right. <laughs> That's bad. Mm-hmm. Don't ever reach that point. And then the, there's also the the pacifist kind of version of uh, this, which is getting grill-pilled. Right. Yeah, that's sort of which distractionary, I, you know. Just yeah, I've just decided I, to grill. Yeah, I just want to grill, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And that's that's fine, too. That's yeah. fine. Um, This also has to do with another concept, that same episode, episode 11 of season three, mm-hmm. where we talked about brain smoothening. Yeah. Which is just, you know, um, the, you know, all of this, this bad news that's been happening, especially lately and all that, that it just smooths your brain so that your brain becomes bright and shiny so that, um, you know, the news just sort of slips right off and doesn't stick in just a nice, perfectly shiny orb. (laughs) Yeah. It's a a beautiful, beautiful brain. Beautiful brain. Nice and shiny. Um mom the 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 penultimate thing here is from season three episode 13 and it's goodwin's third law now goodwin's third law is non confidant and io qui vitur quam qui and sententia ne unum quidum sententium latine which means never trust a person who uses more than one latin phrase in a single sentence mm. Always that a is good... a sign you're being swindled. Yeah, they're you're... trying to impress you in some stupid way. They're trying to distract you from some some bad argument mm-hmm. <laughs> or something going on. Per se. <laughs> Ipso facto. Yeah. And finally, uh, to close this out, a very new concept that we've developed, but I think... We've, and we've really embraced it. One of the most important, Huel-Pilled. This place was amazing. This is amazing. There are all kind of fun things to do here. That's just the sort of mindset that you want to adopt, you know? You just want to adopt the full mindset of Huelhauser, where where every new day brings uh, new and exciting things to learn. And listen to this. Listen to this. And that's, uh, that's what we hope. That's what we hope to do, and that's what we hope for you as well. And that's what we're going to continue to try to do. Uh, moving on into season four. Yeah. Um, we're going to try to remember this and, and try to stay Huel pilled because mm-hmm. it's a great way to live. Here we go. This is all part of a promise I've made to myself to eat in a more healthy way, a better diet. And right now, I'm riding high. I have no idea what I'm doing. I was not prepared for this. I'm trying and I'm learning. Thank you for your patience. There's so many mistakes I have already made, but I'm working to be better day by day. And I think I'm gonna make it, but for now I'll say I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no 
idea what I'm doing.